So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA, as well as the editor-in-chief for drbycuspid.com. Thanks for joining us, whether you found us through Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or drbycuspid.com. We appreciate that. And we are glad today to be joined by Doug Perry. Doug, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, would you just take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience, please? Sure. I am a resume writer. Um, that is my hobby. So I have a full-time job during the day in marketing communications. But uh, resume writing was something I fell into specifically for dental hygienists. And so I did that, uh, started this company in 2013 uh, because my wife was a dental hygienist. She had a hard time finding a job. So I came up with some good solutions to help her out with that. And that's the birth of my company and kind of how I came into this space of working on dental hygiene resumes. But I also work with a lot of dental assistants and I know that that's your audience. And so um, I've worked with dental assistants, even dentists, as well as uh, front office staff as, as well. Great. Well, I know, uh, you know, I've heard great things and I'm excited to talk to you today because I know this has been a, a time when a lot of dental assistants, maybe you're thinking about where else they might be working, what else might be out there for them. And I'm just going to throw it out there to you. What are some common mistakes that you see whenever it comes to resumes? Well, the most common thing is to do what everybody else does, which is to try to make it as generic and bland as possible. And so what I try to do with my work, in my work is to make it stand out. I take, a, I take a marketing approach to a resume, which I believe is what the document is, is intended to be. It's a marketing document. And so it's important to me that I find ways to make it stand out, make this person look unique compared to the other set of resumes that the employer is going to see. This is their first impression. It's got to be good. And so in order to get interviews and get your foot in the door, you've got to have something that will stand out for you. And, and Doug, I'm going to give, um, let you give your website at the end, but I have to admit, I was looking around on there earlier, and one of the things that I found, one of your most popular articles was, is a cover letter still necessary or not? And I'd love for you to kind of uh, answer that question, if you don't mind. You know, it is. Um, I, I find that about 50% of the employers out there are actually asking for one. And so that automatically tells people, well, maybe I don't need one, um, and and or maybe I I can get away with not having one. But you should always have one, for two reasons. Number one, if in, in case you do get asked for one, you need to have one ready to go. You need to know how to articulate your skills in a summary fashion, not just in a resume fashion, but in a summary. It also helps prepare you for an interview, actually. And then you and the number two reason is because if no one else is doing it, then you do it and you provide one, you've actually created a differentiating factor for yourself, something that makes you stand out. And again, it's all about standing out and being different. And so that's some a way in which you can use a cover letter to be different. And I know a lot of dental assistants have said, oh, I'm not a good writer, you know, just trying to put sentences together sometimes. If I'm not talking to a patient, putting them on paper scares me a little bit. And right. that's where a service like yours really comes into play, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, definitely. And I, I've worked with, like I said, um, thousands of, of dental professionals. And so I have the experience in knowing how to kind of keep it in, to articulate it in a way that is going to make it. Uh, stand out for you, but also be succinct for the person who's receiving it. Reading is as much of a, a visual experience as it is a reading experience. 
Um, a person who is reading the resume, when they take a look at it, they see these big, long, bulky paragraphs are going to be shying away from reading it. So I try to keep my, my writing as tight as possible, as succinct as possible, and really snappy and hitting the points that, that need to be hitting, that need to be hit <laughs> um, well and, and articulated well and do it in a way that is going to make the employer feel as though they can do this. They can read through this. It's not going to be an arduous task and they can do it quickly. So that's my, my perspective on those. And you talk about the visual aspect of it. How important right. is a, shall I say, flashy resume, one that's well-designed or even on different kind of paper? Does that make a difference in your mind? It does um, to a point. I think that there's, there's, a, there's a point where you can get over the top uh, too much graphics, too many, too many visuals in there, too many. I've seen please, uh, people with resumes who have pie charts in them and bar graphs and things of that nature. Those are, those are extremely visual, but I don't know that they necessarily articulate as well as a really professionally uh, done resume that has some elements of graphics around it, but not necessarily being dominated by it. So I think that there is some kind of a, a catchy little balance, a tricky little balance that you have to walk with a resume where you're creating one on one end that is nothing but text, just black and white on paper uh, or black text on white paper. And one that's way over the top that that um, I've even seen hygienists uh, that will purchase um, specially scented paper <laughs> and, wow. and textured paper and, and things of that nature to accentuate their resume, which I think might help in some cases, but uh, for the most part, I try to keep mine in that that balance of having a nice visual layout to it, but not over the top, not not uh, to the point that it's um, all about the graphics. It's got to be about some of the, some of it's got to be about the text and the content that you're delivering to that person. So there's there, like I said, there's kind of a tricky balance there. And speaking of balance, do you see that there needs to be a balance between explaining the clinical skills you have and the people skills you have, or what kind of ratio do you see there? Definitely. And, you know, with, with dental assistants and hygienists, a lot of what they do is the same from job to job. And so there aren't a lot of technical things that are going to be different. There are some. And, you know, for a hygienist, for example, I can, I can say that some have experience using a diode laser and some don't. Um, and some have experience using Dentrix uh, or EagleSoft, and some don't. So those things do need to be pointed out. Those things do need to be shared. And, and you also need to talk about how well you do things, how well you are at, uh, good at scaling. Of course, it's subjective. It's your opinion. But you, have to, you still have to present yourself as being confident. And so there are... Um, Lost my train of thought. You were asking about the uh, <laughs> clinical and, uh, and yeah, the soft skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the soft skills are really important. And I think a lot of times when all things are equal in terms of this, the technical skills, it's the soft skills that are what the, the, the determining factor and, and how well a person can present themselves, how well they can represent the, the practice. I think dentists or practice owners are really concerned about how well their staff are representing the practice and how well they can relate to patients. Those are really, really important skills, and but they're soft skills. Absolutely, they are, and, and skills that need to be practiced just like clinical skills. Exactly. So 
um, ask your opinion on this. If I, let's say I, I get the resume, I get in there for an interview, how much of what I say is based off that resume versus just being ready to answer any question there might be or doing my homework on that practice ahead of time. Yeah, the resume, I think, is there to kind of get your foot in the door. And, you know, if, if an employer has questions about things on your resume, then you certainly need to be prepared to respond to those. But I think you also need to learn to expound on what it is you have to offer. And often the best way to do that is through stories, examples, um, uh, metaphors, just just different ways in which you can you can paint a picture for that employer as to what they can expect if they hire you. So what are they going to get if they hire you? Who who is this person that's in in front of me right now? What are they going to be like in front of my patients? And the best way to do that is to do that through stories and experiences and and share those kinds of things. So you've got to come prepared not just to talk about what's on your resume and in your cover letter, but also about these experiences that you've had. And and I've got to ask, what has been uh, your business like? What have you seen resume-wise since COVID-19 burst into? Did you see a a rise, a spike? What has that been like? You know, right at first, there was definitely a decline. Everybody was just kind of in this holding pattern of like, what in the world is going on here and, and what's next? And and really, I think people were just taking a step back and saying, well, nobody's hiring right now. So there's no need to go out and create a resume right now. Um, but probably in the last, I would say, 30 days. So since um, I'm going to say middle of uh, April, it's just exploded. And I mean exploded. It, it is, I've never received more leads and um, inquiries um, and purchases of my services at any time in my, that I've operated this business. It's just exploded. And I think a lot of that what's driving it is the people who are wanting to transition out. They've invested so much of their career in dentistry and in particular, private practice dentistry, they're looking at different options of what they can do with that because some of them just flat out aren't comfortable going back. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that it's important that you you do have options, even if yes. you're happy, even if everything else. I think it's always important to have a resume on hand just in case something were to change. Absolutely. And I get calls all the time from people who thought that they were going to be at their job forever. They they thought that this was going to be the, the place that they retire from. And it turned out that the practice was sold all of a sudden, or the uh, the dentist passed away or something, something traumatic happens. And all of a sudden they find themselves looking at an unemployment. And so it's always good, always smart to have a resume and you should be building on that resume as you go anyway. You know, every year you should be adding more and more things that are more and more relevant or more and more impressive uh, to that resume so that you are prepared when when the time might come that you have to do that. Doug, some great points. Hey, I want to make sure people know where to get a hold of you and where to learn more about you as well. Sure. So I have a website called gethiredrdh.com. Again, I specialize in dental hygiene resumes, but I get referred out to uh, family members and 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 um, dental assistants and dental front office people, so all the time. So I'm I'm very familiar, very comfortable working in in all of those environments. Um, you can find out about me more there. You can get some free resources there, tons of free tips. Um, and then also, if you wanted to just reach out to me by email, you can. Uh, it's gethiredrdh at gmail.com. And I know you've got a podcast as well, right? 
Yeah, I do through the Dental Hygiene Podcast Network uh, set up by the uh, Tale of Two, Two Hygienists. Um, it's called Get Hired with Doug Perry. Um, I'm not sure how well I'm going to be able to keep up with that for too much longer because I'm just, you know, barely keeping up with orders, yeah. honestly. But um, I, I do have about nine months worth of uh, podcasts in there that have some great content that, similar to what we've talked about today. Awesome. I know Doug's a great resource. I know there's a lot of good information that he has out there. So make sure you're taking advantage of it. Make sure you check out Doug's website. And certainly, yeah, make sure that you're keeping your resume updated and and ready for the what could happen and what might happen. So, Doug, thanks so much for joining today, man. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, wish you the best. And thanks to all of you who have been a part of this today. We appreciate that. We try to bring you timely uh, information uh, with the best guests available. And so make sure you check out Doug's site. Make sure that you're subscribed to us. Uh, again, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you get your, your podcasts, we are there. But for now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, reminding you stay safe, stay healthy, and stay educated.